between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. Jesus, the Son of God, our High Priest, we are, we are gathered unto you. Our Shiloh, the Lord Giver, the holder of the scepter of the throne of God. Jesus, High Priest of good things to come, we worship you. We bless you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for, for your table. This, this beautiful table in the spirit. Full of substances. Food. Things that pertain to your life. High priest the high priest of the life of God. We worship you tonight. We bless you tonight. We come to you. We come to you. We come to you. We seek to come to God by you, our high priest. Thank you. Thank you for the spirit of and the utterance of the spirit tonight. Thank you for the authority of the Spirit. Thank you for grace that has flowed from you. Even your mercy, Jesus, that will help us tonight to feast, to feed, to feed and to feast, to feed and to feast upon your life, to feast upon your life, to feast upon your life. You want to feast on your life. We want to feast. We want to feast upon it. We want to feast. We want to feed upon your life. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for Fanaka Galesh to make I help. 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 We receive help. We receive help. For to feast. For to feast. For to feast. We obtain mercy to feast. We obtain mercy to eat. Mercy, mercy, mercy. We receive mercy. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to your name. Amen. Lord, thank you because you have ordained your word for tonight. I just ask that you will find, you will help us find skill to help us tap into the grace, the skill to find the pasture, to lie upon it. And to feed upon it. Thank you, my Father, for this vessel, this unworthy vessel that you want to use. Now I pray that you will have a free cause in this house. That you will use my tongue and use my heart and use my mind and use me, Lord, to fetch your exact thought tonight. And let blessing be released unto our hearts. Thank you, Father. 
We give you all the glory. We bless your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Good evening, everybody. God bless you. Um, please welcome someone. Say you're welcome in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <clears throat> Amen. Let's open our Bibles to the book of Revelation. Praise God. Amen. Um, analysis is coming very quickly, right? So that will be, that will be next week, um, next week Wednesday to Saturday. Amen. Hope you're getting ready for it. Um, we'll be taking a break as usual for, for it so we can all follow from, um, from next Wednesday. So we will not have meeting next Wednesday and next Saturday. Um, so our last meeting before anamnesis will be this this Saturday, right? Praise God. Um, so then after that, we will resume with prayer meetings towards School of the Spirit. That will be the Monday after anamnesis, by God's grace. So I I also I just found it in my heart. I've been waiting about it, but I in my heart, but I feel that we we need to pray as well. Um, again, for school of the spirit. How many of us have the energy to pray? <laughs> Not all of some of us. Praise God. The Lord will supply energy yes. to us. Praise the Lord. And we'll be praying from. Um, we'll pray from Monday. Then we'll pray throughout that week. The week after anamnesis, we will find grace to pray. Um, I believe we will use this place. We just need to confirm everything, but and, and uh, we'll confirm that. But um, it will be from from throughout next week. Sorry, the week after anamnesis, um, we'll have life feast as usual on that, that week. But we'll pray on Monday and Tuesday, and we'll also pray on Thursday and Friday by God's grace. Uh, and we'll have life meeting that Saturday. And we'll continue praying the week after Monday, Tuesday, and that, that Wednesday. I think that will be the twenty-second or so. That will be the last meeting for the year. So we'll just round up our, all our prayers that Wednesday. Praise the Lord. <coughs> um, the Lord will the Lord will bless us. I know um, for sure. Um, thank you, Jesus. Uh, so let's open our Bibles to the Book of Revelation, chapter. <coughs> 21. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Revelation 21. If you're there, say amen. amen. Um, let's see verse. Um, let's see verse 20. Verse 22. Well, let's just read. Let's just read verse nine and ten again, just because I like it. <laughs> Praise God. Verse nine and there, and there came unto me one of the seven angels, and which had the seven vials, full of, full of the seven last plagues, and talked with me, saying, "Come hither, 
I will show thee the bride, the lamb's wife, praise God. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from where? From, from God, having the glory of God. And her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone as clear as crystal. Praise God. And verse 22, of course, still speaking about the, the city. Amen. It, it spent some verses trying to describe things about the city. Um, then it got down to verse 22, said that I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. Amen. And the city had no need of the sun neither of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth do bring their what? glory and honor into it. And the gates of it shall not be shut at all day and night, at all by day, for they, for there shall be no night. What, no night there. Praise God. Let's see this. Let's see these verses again. He says, says there was no temple there, right? For the Lord God Almighty and the and the Lamb are the temple. So, so it's not that there was no temple. Is that there is actually a temple, but the it's not the temple that you are used to. So you're seeing that there are many things that will happen by the time you cross over from the present creation, from the present heaven and the earth, and you move into the new one. You see that you see things begin to be redefined. Praise God. There are some things that will not be there, but then there are things that will be there that are like things that are in the present, but when you see them in that world, they will be it, they will take a different form or a different shape altogether. Praise God. So one of the things here is the temple of the city. So it's not a temple, meaning that you, there won't be a temple according to the former definition of the temple. <laughs> Praise the Lord. There won't be a temple according to the former definition of the temple, but there will be a temple, and this temple will be the persons. Praise God of the Lord God Almighty and who? And the Lamb, who are what? The temple of it. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it. And the Lamb, the Lamb is the light thereof. So it is also a different concept. You're seeing a different concept um, where the there is no need of sun nor moon, right? We see that that's one thing that's changing from the present, right? That normally in the present, the city will be lightened by the sun and the moon, but in this time, that there is no need for the sun and the moon, but rather also you have what the glory of God and then the Lamb will do what? Will lighten it. Praise the Lord. So it's very clear that 
the, the light, the glory of God and the Lamb are a, or a replacement or the light of the Lamb. The Lamb himself being a light will be what? A replacement for what the sun and the moon are doing. This is going to be a very, very interesting creation, right? Where they are changing things to person. Normally you see sun, now you see, you're seeing a person. Normally you see a temple, now you're seeing a person. Even the city is actually persons. Praise the Lord. So, so that, that makes me feel like the whole present is just a typification of a reality to come. Right? That the things in the present are just typifying the reality to the actual reality that God wants to harvest man where into. Praise the Lord. And so, but it's very clear too that um, in the present, there is a way that you can begin to live in such a reality before that time comes, right? And you now find that bodily, the body is not, the present body that we have is not very compatible with this kind of world, right? Because your, your present body is going to be hard for the physical body you have to go inside the lamb. And, and God to worship. Do you get what I mean? It's hard for your for The way you can take your body and maybe take it to some temple somewhere and physically worship. That you can, it's not easy to just take it. But in the present, you have a, there's a part of a man, there's a, there's, a, there's a faculty or a part of man that is actually fashioned according to eternal construct. Right? That things that men will be doing in eternity. There's a part of you that can do it now. Do you understand what I'm saying? That part, of course, is your soul. You now find that even in the present, your soul can enter into another person and worship. Your soul can enter into another another being. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, and that's why they are they are writing it to us because the 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 all of these operations in that season. Um, the, the souls who will carry out these things. You, know, you see, even when you go to between the verse 10 and 11 where we read, right, and you look at all the other verses that they wrote, they wrote about the foundation, about the walls, about the gates, about all of those things. You find out those things are also persons too. They're just an arrangement of, of people. Praise the, praise the Lord. Are you seeing what I'm trying to say? Um, so um, it's just that in that world, there will, it, there will be a way that, you know, the, 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 the work, the, the transactions and conversations of the soul in the present world is hidden by virtue of the world. The world, the present world is actually designed to veil inward conversation and inward activity. That's one of the, the world itself is designed, this thing called flesh. See, the flesh, which is the same material you, of the earth, and the physical world, the same things, the same elements you find in the flesh, the carbon and all those things that make up the flesh are the same elements you find that make up everything in the natural physical world. Are you getting what I'm saying? And you see, that whole thing is actually a veil, a kind of a veil that kind of, it can hide the, the inward, the reality and the transactions of the inward man. Praise the Lord. But I know that one thing that will happen is that in, this, in the world to come, 
the way God would design it, God would also then design an outward dimension of the world to come, but it would design differently in that it won't be designed to hide the inward activity. Actually, it would be designed to amplify the activity. So you, so you, you see beings who, when you see their, their appearances, their appearances will actually be like a representation of what they are on the inside. You know, that's when, when John crossed and he began to see such beings, you know, they, they gave him sight, right? To begin to see such things. And he began to see, he began to, his heart began to fail him. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Um, even, even Jesus, um, Jesus and um, even angels, when angels come to visit the present earth, they can't bring the, their heavenly they can't put on their heavenly vest. So we're talking about heaven now, not even the world to come, just heaven, right? Angels can't put on their heavenly vest. Sometimes they have to come and also take up a vest that looks like the vest of men. Many examples like that, you saw that in the Bible, right? Where Abraham will cook food and give to an angel, and the angel will eat, and after eating, them, he will bless, he will bless him, <laughs> Of course, if he could eat, it means he was wearing a vest of the natural, right? So he could eat and chew on everything. He took on something. Praise the Lord. When Jacob wrestled with an angel, it's very clear it wasn't to catch him and wrestle with him. It wasn't spirit, right? I mean, if you try to catch a spirit in that sense, <laughs> based on what we know as spirit. But was very, very clear that that angel wasn't in his pure spirit body, invisible body, right? He was in a body that, that could be held, that could be wrestled with. And we know that the wrestling that Jacob did with the angel is not, wasn't just a wrestle of physical wrestling, even though it happened physically because it tampered with him physically. But we know that the wrestle, there was also an inward operation, transaction between the angel. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Praise the Lord. So um, that, that's just talking about heaven, comparing heavenly live estate, right, or heavenly being, both outward dimension of heavenly being compared with the, the earth in the present. But you now find that in the world to come, there will now be an, an even higher, more advanced kind of outward dimension which will be what? Which God will design. Praise the Lord. In where? In the world. In the world to come. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Um, so, you know, sometimes um, there can be a, we can have limitation. We can have limitation when you're trying to take eternal principles, eternal things, things that should, things that were not designed primarily to function as commodities of the present. Things that were designed primarily to function as commodities of the future, of a world that doesn't exist yet, a world that doesn't appear yet. So sometimes when you're trying to bring that thing, but you know, your soul can handle it. But when you're finding out this thing that my soul is handling, you try to bring it out. But you can't bring it out. It's not, it's not touching the... Your present external, externality, that can be a source of discouragement. 
That's why they say, well, we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are what? Are eternal. So really, the, the capacity of man's sight, inward sight, is to actually see things that are eternal. That's the end of man's... I'm talking about, as you are sitting there right, there right now, they can check what things are you able to see on your inside. The potential, it stretches even beyond the everlasting. It moves, it stretches even into where? Even into the eternal. Praise God. But you find that men are not exercised at all with, with picking sight, you know, staying with a sight of, of something, let's say, that's eternal, right? And looking upon it and holding it and, and taking that sight, looking at it, looking at it, keep looking at it and looking at it. But the soul has the ability to do that. Praise God. So one of the main reasons for, for the scriptures is to be able to give us a way to hold and to, to, for, to hold and to develop the imagery of the everlasting and the eternal. Praise God. So what I say of the what? The everlasting and the what? So when, I'm, when I say everlasting, I'm speaking mainly of heavens. Everlasting actually means heavenly. Right? Then eternal means mainly other world, like the next world. The next world. Praise the, praise the Lord. Praise God. Amen. Um, so in this place, um, the... You see here that the city has no need of a temple, nor the sun or the moon. Um, for the glory of God it lighten it, the lamb is the light thereof. Then verse 24, it says that the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it. And then the kings of the earth do bring their glory and what honor into it. Now, these nations of them which are saved are earthly nations. Praise God. They are what? Earthly they are earthly nations. And these nations are, have, they will have kings. Right? These nations will have what? Kings. Will have kings. They will be earthly nations. Nations that have what? Kings. And of course, these kings will have what? Glory and honor upon the earth. Praise God. Are we making some sense? Yes, Amen. Amen. Now, in, let's move from this place now, okay? Let us move from the eternal dimension. Now, when I'm using the word eternal now, I'm not speaking about the, I'm not speaking about the life of God, right? I think, I think Reverend taught that in School of the Spirit that there is, Sorry, in convention, there's a difference between eternal life and eternal. Not everything is as eternal, it's eternal life. Right? There's eternal fire. Lake of fire is an eternal fire, it's not eternal life. But it's eternal in nature. Right? 
So, so in, this, in this dimension, everything you see in this world, that is in the world to come, is eternal in nature. Right? The way everything you will find in heaven, in terms of the materiality, is everlasting in nature. Not even just heaven, both heaven and earth. When you come on the earth, you also find everlasting things. The earth itself is everlasting. Praise God. So, but the substance, but of course the earth is but it's not everlasting life. You know, you know, praise God. So the everlasting or eternal, they are like um, adjectives. Is the adjectives? They describe, they actually qualify what? Uh-huh. They are spiritual adjectives. Praise God. Amen. So, so let's move from the eternal. Now we're talking about this, these kings they are speaking here of here and this city you're talking about in an eternal kind of arrangement. There's an order where the earth will begin to respond to things that are that are heavenly of the, the new world. There's, there will be a way the, the, the kings of the earth and the nations will begin to relate with the provision, the heavenly provision that is given. And of course, the, the provision that will be given to them will be a city. Right? This city is like actually a heavenly city. It's, it's called the, the heavenly, the holy Jerusalem that's descending out of heaven from God. So this city will be the gift from their heaven. This, those nations of, on the earth, they will have a heaven from where they will have a city in that heaven, praise the Lord, where they can bring their glory and all of that. But let's leave that for now. Let's move into the everlasting dimension here. Praise God. And let's, let's go back to um, Revelation chapter, Revelation chapter, <clears throat> let's see chapter 5, Revelation chapter 5, praise God. Yeah, they say amen. amen. Uh, in chapter 5 of Revelation, in verse, verse 3, verse 3 says that no man in heaven nor in earth, of course, it's heaven and earth here, so heaven and earth of the present, right? Um, neither under the earth was able to open the word, the book, neither to look thereon, praise God. And I wept much because no man was found worthy to. Open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders said unto me, Weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath what? Prevailed to open the what? The book and to then lose the seals thereof. Praise the Lord. And I beheld and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood the lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent forth where? Into all the earth. And he came and took the, 
the book out of the right hand of him that did or that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the what? Prayers of who? Of the saints. Praise the Lord. And now, so verse 5, he said, It was the lion of the tribe of Judah and then the root of David who prevailed to open the book. And we're seeing, I think, on Saturday that um, the qualification, we were separating between two operations the operations of unsealing the book and then the ability to look at what is in the book. And we said that the book of Revelation is mainly has two things in it the seals. And the word, the book. So, or the revelation, what the revelation, that's the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. That revelation, a revelation about two, there are two things that are kept secret that need to be revealed. Two categories of things. First, the seals, and then the word book. The seals and then what? The book. The seals and then what? The seals and the book. Praise the Lord. Now, these seals and the book, or if you look at the, if you look at the seals, now, if, let's read chapter 1 of Revelation. Amen. Let's just follow. Praise God. <clears throat> in, in chapter 1, it says, the revelation of Jesus Christ, verse 1, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John, who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus and of all things that he saw. Then blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein. For what? The time is now when he says the time is at hand, what time is at hand? It's the time of this word revelation. Praise the Lord. And so the time of this revelation is at hand. So if the time of the revelation is at hand, it actually means that that time is the is the time for the beginning of the breaking of the seals. Right? Is a time for what? The beginning of the breaking of the seal. Because the seal is what keeps the whole of the revelation. Without the breaking of the seals, you cannot do what? You cannot gain access into what? Praise the Lord. Now the revelation, the, the the revelation that was sealed. Praise God. And let's let's read this place again. It's a revelation of Jesus Christ. God gave to him to show that God gave to Jesus to show his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And then he sent it and signified it by his Angel. That was signified. It is sent it and then signified. The word signified almost means to 
demonstrate by the means of signs. That's what the, the book of the whole book of Revelations are. They are actually a demonstration of something by the book of or by the by the what? The means of what? Of signs. So everything was signified to John. Praise God. So so he sent it. That was sent as he sent the revelation. And he and he signified it unto and unto his servant. The word sent there, to me, the way I interpret the word sent means that Jesus did not personally come to signify the revelation. It was through his sent one. The word sent one is actually like a messenger. The messenger means angel. Angel means messenger. So he sent it by, through his word, through his angel. So he sent and signified it by his angel. So it was by the angel of the Lord, praise the Lord, who brought this revelation unto John. Now, I want to tell you something. Do you know that the, the revelation, the revelation of Jesus, now, even though John, you thought John saw visions, right? John saw visions. He saw visions. He was just seeing things. Sign. He sent it. And then he signified it. So the book of Revelation is actually a writing of the things that are signified to John. But all these things that are signified to John, the same thing that also there's a type of with all the other epistles, is that these things are not just vision in terms of Something that has never been brought before. That has never, or something that, it wasn't, okay, this is what I want to say. So what I want to say is that this the revelation, including the New Testament. Those, the New Testament, let's say, let's say you start from Matthew, or let's even go to, start from Epistle, because the real Testament is epistle first, then gospels later. Right. So those epistles, they cannot, they can't stand alone. So you cannot read just Romans, Philippians, Corinthians, Colossians, and those books by themselves. Why? Because if you read them by themselves, you you don't you won't have a you won't have a um, praise God. The epistles are epistles are sights. Do you get that? They are actually eyes. Epistles are eyes, but they are eyes to see something. Their eyes to see the scriptures. Then what are the scriptures? The scriptures are actually the law and the prophets. That's what I want you to see. So the scripture was actually there for a long time. The Jews had it for a long time. The Jews had the scripture. They were with it. The Lord committed it to them. They were carrying it around. They had it, but they had the scripture, but without the eyes of it. Do you understand? So when it comes to the raw 
the raw archive of patterns. That's what scripture has, is patterns. Through the Jewish people, God created patterns. Patterns, the, the pattern that need to be learnt, the pattern which the Holy Ghost breathes upon to, to, that can, to give reality of eternal, of spiritual, everlasting, and eternal things. Right? Spiritual, everlasting, and eternal things. Those are the, the three major classes of things in the, in the scripture. But they are, they were, they've been there a long time. The pattern of those things, they have a pattern. Even the patterns of the world to come, they are all, all there. They've all been there. The Jews have been were carrying it around for a long time. So, the season when God raised Paul, Saul of Tarsus, that was the first God raised him up and then gave him a commission. The apostolic ministry which God gave to them is for the bringing of eyes that can see the scriptures. Do you understand? So, that's what we call those things we call epistles, all of those things that are in the New Testament. Right, we call New Testament. Those are actually the eyes to see the patterns that have already been given by the Holy Ghost. For the Holy Ghost to bring those patterns, it took him thousands of years of leading men, leading a nation, all kinds of things which he did to make sure that all the volumes are, are complete. And then outside those things, there's nothing else you can go and bring. When outside anybody that brings any other pattern outside the law and the prophet is a liar. Praise God. The law and the prophet, they are the witnesses. When you said there are two, there are only there are no three. There's no third order with third witness. Is there are two witnesses? Two witnesses. What are what are the witnesses of the two witnesses of the works of God? Of all the things that God has done, of the patterns that God wants to reveal what to man. So they are the law and the word and the prophet. Do you get what you get what I'm saying? So the so the, the, the epistles are actually the, they're actually the leading. They are the ones who lead you to explore what the witnesses are carrying. That's what the epistles, they are, they are, they are, the witnesses are there, they are, they are settled there, but you won't see what they are saying. They won't open up and begin to speak to you. But that's the, the power of the epistle, right, is to... Is to do what is the the epistle is the key that unlocks the law and what and the prophet. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, now the book of Revelation is a super epistle. It's also an epistle, but it's a super epistle. But it's a different kind of epistle. It's an epistle that was signified. So it's not an epistle that was inspired. Right, it's not an epistle that was inspired, it's an epistle that was signified. That was that's what makes it a bit special. Right, when Paul was writing, when Peter was writing, when James was writing, they were writing by as they were moved by the Holy Ghost, praise the Lord, from within. From within, that's why they were not what they were writing weren't things signified, they were just rolling outside. Rolling out wisdom, just rolling out wisdom, rolling out wisdom. And everything they said, you can tie it to patterns. Right? So none of those men came out and just brought their own thing fresh. 
right? Maybe Paul will just write, you see, there's a, there's a new creation, and then there's what you call the intermediate creation, which uh, something like, you can't see any of it. Everything that Paul said, when you go and check the law and the prophet, is actually an explanation of the law and the prophet. Even he, in his writing, he will be relating back. He will be quoting back. He will be explaining all of those. Are you seeing all of those things? Through an inspired side of operation of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. But the book of Revelation... It is signified, but it doesn't mean that it's something outside the scope of the law and the prophets. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? It doesn't mean that it's what outside the scope. It just feels different. It just seems fresh. It just seems new. But Everything that is signified in the book of Revelation are actually things that you, you will also find the pattern of them. You will find the pattern of those things in the law and where and in the prophets. Does that make some sense to you? Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, I just said that that's just like an understanding that I'm giving because of I feel the journey I feel that the Lord wants us to take um, here. Now, let's go back to chapter 5 of Revelation. <clears throat> Praise God. Hallelujah. So, verse 3, when it says, No man in heaven or in earth... Neither under the earth was able to open the, the book, neither to look the upon look the, look thereon. And I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and to read the word, the book, neither to look thereon. No man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to do what? To look thereon. And we've established that everything around the book, even the seals of it, we said that they are not, it's not, it's not just one, one book of just something foreign that is not, that is not, that hasn't been said before in pattern form. Right. So, so it, it actually means that you can trace if you can you can trace by the scripture you can trace by the scripture the time in the scripture the time or the you can trace understanding praise god Hallelujah. that they, they are speaking about here you can trace it back to the law and the prophets in fact that's one thing with Revelation. People try to read Revelation and just as his own thing. And then when they try and read it as his own thing, you begin to see all kinds of things inside there. All you've seen are beasts, dragons, and scary things. Praise God. Because there is, people don't read it in the same way as, you know what I mean? That everything in this book is actually a signification 
of the pattern of things in the scriptures. That's the light. If you can really check, what is the light? The, the little you've learned about this book, what's, what is the light behind that knowledge? And compared with all the other explanations of the book you've heard before, is that most of the time, is there's a disconnect. People are interpreting it like just one story that they attach at the back, talking about things that will happen later. <laughs> are you seeing what I'm saying? But, but by the time you begin to realize, oh, wow, these are, actually, these are actually the scriptures. So everything that is signified is talking about reality that are patterns that are already laid where in. Uh-huh. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So the, the seals, the, the, we're seeing that the main operation of the seals is to, is to bring men, right, to, to harvest men from, from where they are. So you now find that inside the seals, inside the, when you begin to open the seals, inside the content of the seals, you'll be finding Romans. You'll find Ephesians. You'll find Colossians, you find Philippians, you find Peter, you find James. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? That when they open the seal and you begin to see what is happening in the seal, you find that what is actually in the seals are the 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 materials, the resources that have been given for journeying. For a soul to journey to a point where the book can be open to them. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, the, the key part to me that I see, the one key thing I see in the, the purpose of signification as opposed to just the inspired revelation. Right? Is... To, is, to, is to bring all, to avail all the powers that it will take to journey in the truth that is being said. So, now I want to say something now. Now, if a soul learns all the epistles of Paul, right? You learn all the epistles of Paul. You learn Paul. You learn Paul very well. You learn it. You learn it. But you, are, you, don't, you, you don't have the revelation of the seals. Right? You have difficulty journeying with that revelation.
praise God. Hallelujah. The book, the main reason for the book of Revelation is to address the, the matter of journeying. To address the to address the weakness in what? In the ability to journey with light. And when, I, when it opened up, it, it said, okay, now begin to write to seven churches. I know these seven churches, they are churches who have issues in journey. And it's very clear that these churches, they are epistle churches. Praise God. They were what? They were epistle churches. Epistle churches. All the seven churches they wrote to. But you now find that so many of them, they did some things where they said, I know your works, I know your works, I know your works. And they did a lot of things well, but they all had areas. They all had areas that they forgot to do. Areas where they were lucky. Either, either maybe by, because of their own intention or just ignorance or something. So you, you find in the book of Revelation now, the book of Revelation is, or, is oriented towards movement. It's oriented towards what? Was movement. Movement must happen. Movement must happen. Now, the season for the book of Revelation, when the book of Revelation should open, praise God. A sign that you are in the end time is when this book begins to open and begin to speak. Right? In chapter 1, look at what Jesus said. Praise God. Let's go and read it again. Amen. <clears throat> like, it's like today may be just giving of, of wisdom and skill, inward skill, praise God, concerning some of these things. Um, so in verse 3, he says, chapter 1, verse 3, he says, Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and then keep those things which are written therein. For the time is what? At hand. So when he speak about this, the reason why he sent this, brought this, this particular version of, of which was signified, praise the Lord, is because of the time is at hand. Because the time, say the time, because the time is at hand. There are different times of living upon the earth. The time, the, the time we are living in right now is not the same time as 500 years ago. It's not the same time. Let's say 500 years ago, people were reading the epistles and they were getting some light for, from it. They were getting some revelations from it. They were getting insight in various levels and various dimensions. They were getting different light as it's permitted. The Lord will be giving light. You will be shedding light. You will be shedding light. You will be shedding. But there will be some light that will not come. Just for certain reasons. 
There are many reasons why certain light cannot, might not be accessed. On God's side, it might be like God might say, okay, no, no, no. This is too precious for you to get now at this season. It could also be that maybe there are many others who should come first. That who should arise first. Praise the Lord. And then there's also the aspect of the work of the devil and the kingdom of darkness, right? To keep men from seeing truth and from seeing accurately. But there will be a season on the earth. And that's one of the things that, if, if you are wise now, when you are wise, you will discern the season and the time. Why would you discern? So you can walk circumspectly, not as fools. Right? You can walk, that was circumspectly, is walk with the spectacle, with the sight of your present circumstance. Don't live ignorantly of your present circumstances. So don't live like you are living in the 1300s or in the 1400s because now the days are evil. This is a different time entirely. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Now, the book of, this book of Revelation, to me, I believe this book of Revelation actually is one of, this, is one of the ways you will know that the end time is an end time. One of the ways you know it's an end time is that this book begins to open and it begins to speak. When the book begins to open, the time of the revelation, of this revelation, is a time of the giving of a complete imagery of all the things that the soul need to acquire to journey, to move, to make movement. So when, when the time has, is, is, is set that permission has been given, permission for what? Permission for souls to go, get to their end, for souls to get to the end. Before this time, there are many things blocking souls from reaching the end, the end of what a soul can be based on the trajectory of whatever path they are on, either a path into life or a path in, of, of death. On either side, there, there's a lot that's been stopping man from getting there. So when it's not, this, it's not, a, it's not, when it's not a season where there is chance has been given, they've all discussed in the realm of the spirit. They've, they've judged the case. They've balanced everything. And they've said, okay, it's now time. Men can begin to move quickly to their end. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? So in, in such a season, it's for such a time that this revelation is given for. Am I making some sense to you? The, this book of what? Of revelation is given. So you will see the, the unveiling of the seals. Is the, the seals actually a progressive unveiling of all the things that will need to be done by a soul to journey in the path of God. All the things that will need to be done by a soul to do what? To journey where? In the paths. To journey in the paths of God. 
Now the person who was able to take the, the, the seal, the book from the hand of him that sat, and to break it, is this guy they call the Lion of the tribe of Judah, and who the root of David, who prevailed to open the book and to lose the seal. And then we're seeing, why did they, why did they speak of him in this way? The Lion of the tribe of Judah, and then the root of David. And we say it has something to do with the, the first of all, Judah. You have to figure out what is Judah. He said, Judah is a tribe, right, on the earth. Right? It's a tribe on the earth, but not just an ordinary tribe. Judah is what? The tribe that of what? Say it. Do you remember? <laughs> yes? Judah means praise, so is it tribe? He spoke concerning Judah. He said, you are the one who your brothers will what? Will praise. And when it came to time of inheritance, right? Of course, the book of Revelation is also the book of inheritance as well, right? It's a book of inheritance too. So when it came to time of, of inheritance, the war for inheriting, they said, who will go up? They asked God, and God said, Judah is the one who will go up, right? So Judah is the one who goes up, or is the... Is the tribe of praise. Praise means access, entrance. The tribe of entrance. Enter, enter into your gates, gates, thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. So, so when it comes to approaching or entrance, right, Judah is the tribe of all the tribes on where? On the earth. But not just any tribe on the earth. Praise God. Like when you look at this nation on the earth, for example, now. Praise God. The nation. You see the nations of the earth according to the, according to the people of God. Right? According to what? The people of God on the earth. In other words, Israel. We said Israel means he that wrestles with God. And of course, he who is wrestling with God is who God is wrestling with. They are wrestling with each other. It means the, the people who God cannot live alone. It's not everybody on the earth, right? It's, it's the people who God can't live alone. That's the, the, out of all the Israel of God. And to me, I believe all the Israel, who, those who God count among such people are people who have experienced the new birth. Right? Not Gentiles. People who have experienced the new birth they have come into that category. And he said, oh, all of them, they will, after a while, you see, they'll begin to, you know, when you, when you begin to plot Israel, how Israel emerged, you see that Israel was in first tribes. Israel was first a man. Yeah. And then the man had a child. Then, the, the, then he had children, sorry. And those children, they didn't, were not all born in one day. Do you agree? It wasn't one day. They were not all tw- not twins. Uh, what do you call them? They were not- I don't know what is 12 now. I don't but you, you get what I mean? Yeah. They were not all born at the same time. They were born one, the another one from Reuben. They kept giving birth until Benjamin. Right? Then somehow those guys entered into Egypt and then they got they multiplied. Praise the Lord. They multiplied. 
then they became what? A nation. Then you now see the concept of tribes now formed by virtue of multiplication. Tribes now formed. What I'm trying to tell you is that when you look at Israel in the spirit now, they are not all the same. They, have, they are tribes in Israel. How many of you believe what I'm trying to say? I know you don't like that idea. Like, no, we are all one. All Christians, we are all the same. Um, there's not, we are all the same. No, no. There's some Christian I will go and bring to you now. I'll just tell you, okay, we're fellowshipping with this person every day. <laughs> then after, after, after two weeks, when I come back, you will agree with me. Ah, they are tribes. <laughs> we are not all the same. And, he, and do you have Holy Ghost? Yeah, you have Holy Ghost. Does he have Holy Ghost? Yes, he has Holy Ghost too. But they are what? They are tribes. They are tribes. Even though they are all Israel. So, you know, find out the, the, the purpose of tribe, when, when you read Genesis chapter 49, you now realize that a tribe in the spirit, the whole nation has a promise. The whole is a, is, a, is a commonwealth. It's something that the whole nation has. In other words, after everything, after all is said and done, at the end, all the whole nation should come into that promise. But when Israel, Jacob, began to now look at them one by one, he began to say different things to them. He discovered that there's one that will just be unstable. <laughs> unstable as water, you will not excel. That's one, one tribe. And when, he, when he read the tribes, this kind of tribe. <laughs> this tribe. <laughs> are, are they Israel? Yes, so, so that's why you shouldn't be worried when you see unstable Christians. Don't, don't, don't feel like it's true. <laughs> Amen. Some will be unstable. But, uh, but all hope is not lost for them. Because they have a praise. They have, they have, are you getting what I'm trying to say? Let's read that place, please. Just very quickly. You see, if we don't understand some of these things, eh? Are you seeing everything I'm telling you? These are the patterns, eh? They are all there. They are all there in the scripture. Um, now, if we don't know all these things, we will have too much headache. You will see fights. We, you know, that's why we fight, eh? Because why don't you behave like me? Why don't you don't understand some of these things that, that someone can belong to another tribe? Praise God. Genesis chapter 49 and verse 1. And Jacob called unto his sons and said, Gather yourselves together and I may tell you that which may befall you in the last days. So it means that these things were, these things pertain to when? To, to the last days. Gather yourselves together and hear ye, sons of Jacob, and hearken unto Israel your father. Reuben, thou art my firstborn, my might, and the beginning of my strength. The excellency of dignity, the excellency of power. Unstable as water, thou shalt not excel, because thou wentest up into thy father's bed, and defilest thou it, thou eat. He went up. So all these things are 
at nature's spirit in the spirit right that Israel's can have this what going up to your father's bed means you don't having no regard for you go and take the place of your your who your what your father these are tribes I don't want to go <laughs> There are Christians who do this. Like, what is the equivalent of this? They are the Christians who do it. So when you meet, come across these kind of Christians, they don't, they don't have space for the fatherhood of God. Because all he should do, they've taken over. And they are doing it to themselves. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? So this is just one example. There's no time to read all of them. But let's go down to, to verse 8. Praise God. Verse 8 it says, Judah, thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise. Thy hand shall be in the neck of thine enemies. Are you seeing that? And thy father's children shall then bow down before thee. Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, thou art gone up. Praise God. He stooped down. He couched as a lion and as an old lion. Who shall what rouse him up? The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come, and unto him shall then what? The gathering of what? Now, of course, this who are these people? All the rest who are, mis- who are doing their own things. Right? All the rest who, who, who are doing their own things. There's an answer for them. There will be one among them who all the rest will praise. Right? That one, he, was, he will be the one who will be, whose hand will be at the neck of their what? Of their enemies. Praise God. Thy hand shall be in the neck of thine enemies. So the, the, the enemies of Judah are the same enemies of all of Israel, all the other tribes. But not all of them will have the hand to for, will be able to what, handle the neck. You see, there's some other tribes, like this is the tribe of God, who are also warriors too. But it's one thing to be a warrior. It's another thing for... There's what you call precision warfare. You know, when it was time for precision warfare, after Joshua died, it's time to go and face the Canaanites. You know, this is not a time, this is not a Gadite operation. Praise God. If you bring Gadites on how to fight that battle, there's a way they might do it. That, amen. Praise God. Instead of their hand being on the neck of their enemy, what will happen? The enemy's leg will be on their neck or something. Say power past power. Praise God. Who knows? Maybe God has that skill to fight demons. I'm not saying that's what. I'm just saying. Say there is fight and there is fight. There are, there are, there are different levels of battle. You know action film now? Most action films begin with fight, right? For no reason. They are just fighting. <laughs> Praise God. But, but when they, in that, all that fight, the guys who, the real guys who, they won't even appear in the first scene. It's later. 
After all these guys have finished their energy, they've wasted time. They were, praise God. <laughs> praise the Lord. That's how it is spiritually too. Amen. So, but there will be, there will be one, a, a particular tribe, who he said his hand will be in the neck. The neck. The neck of the enemy. Because when you handle the neck, that's the end, right? Praise the Lord. By the time you've, you've gotten to, to, you have the ability to handle the neck of your enemy, that's the end of, that's the end of it. Praise the Lord. So, so Judah, Judah can fight like a lion. You know, the lion, it goes for here. Do you agree with that? You know, the lion knows the, he knows the, the vein. How did, does a lion know that? Can you tell me? Did the lion study anatomy, biology, and all that? How does the lion know there is one vein on the neck that once I, one bite on that vein can end the person? Amen. Amen. So it's very clear that Judah, they, there's a, they, they, their own DNA in the spirit, they will have a DNA that can locate the jugular vein of Satan. When all the other tribes are wearying themselves out, there will be a tribe that have, they have the precise knowledge of warfare. The spirit. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. So, so Judah um, is talking about the tribe out of the tribes that will be the... He will be the, the, the tribe that will that will be the savior for the other tribes. Praise God. Now, the person who's able to take the book, you see that book, you see the seals? And you see the book, that's the manual. That's the manual of that, that that tribe will have. The manual that that tribe will have. And you see, that, that manual that the tribe will have will be a wonderful manual. Praise God. It will be the manual of overcoming. It will be the secret of overcoming. The secret of how to overcome. Overcome who? Overcome all the enemies of the nation. To overcome all the enemies of Israel. They will have what? The secret of what? Of overcoming. Coming. Now, but so you see that the authority to for that to receive that knowledge, or the authority to to receive, like I said, is the knowledge, is the secret, the secret of the journey. This is a journey that Israel ought to take. Well, you see, one tribe will be able to rise up. That's why he said that the scepter will not depart from Judah. It will not depart from Judah. The scepter will not depart from Judah. No, a lawgiver from between his feet. The scepter will not depart from or a lawgiver. So the scepter is a sign of kingship. Right? It's a sign of kingship. A sign of dominion. 
He will not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from it until Shiloh come. He will, he will bring Shiloh. And then after Shiloh, the, the effect of the Shiloh will be the gathering of the people. Does that make sense to you? So if they say the scepter will not depart from Judah, it's talking about a dominion. It's not just an ordinary dominion. It's talking about a dominion that is tied to law giving. So it is actually talking about a dominion for, that can give access to a revelation. It's a dominion that can give access to a revelation or access to a law. And, and mind you, at this time, the other tribes, there will be a season where they already had a lawgiver. In fact, one, one whole tribe at one point was, divided to the giving of the, was devoted to the giving of law, which was the tribe of Levi. So, but it's very clear that this one, this is talking about this lawgiver, praise God, but you see, the law which was given through Levi cannot bring about Shiloh. It tried. It could never bring about it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Uh, you get what I'm saying? So there was the, the ark went to Shiloh and all of that physically, but that wasn't really a Shiloh. Why was it not a Shiloh? Because someone could go and capture the ark. And carry it away. <laughs> Another king from somewhere. Amen. So there's a Shiloh that is not a Shiloh, a real Shiloh. The real Shiloh will only be brought through the operation of a scepter. It's, a, it's only the tribe who can, the tribe who can access an upward dominion that is tied to the giving of a law. An, of an upward law, not a law of out. Are you get what I'm saying? Are, are you seeing, as I'm talking right now, be seeing Israel in the spirit and be seeing the tribes in the spirit? If you are seeing this, you begin to realize that there will be a law which is given to Israel, which has a lot of instruction about terrestrial, horizontal living. But among Israel, at the point, a tribe will arise who can. By access of it to a dominion, to a particular throne, they will, they will gain access to an upward law, a different law altogether. The law that can bring about Shiloh and then will eventually result in the gathering of the people. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Father, we give you glory tonight. Amen. Amen. So, verse 5, And one of the elders said unto me, Weep not. Behold, the lion of the, <clears throat> the tribe of Judah, the root of David, had prevailed to open the book. So you see two things, Judah, and then what? David, Judah, and then who? David. So Judah means something in the spirit, and David means also something too. So David is 
David. Who is David? David is a man who inherited who? The throne of Judah. Now, I want to just show you an insight here. That out of all the tribes of Israel, let's talk about the spiritual Israel right now. When you bring Jesus Christ down, when you bring Jesus Christ down, Jesus, when you are able to bring him down and, and then view his identity, not, not viewing his eternal identity now, <clears throat> praise God, viewing, not viewing even his heavenly identity, listen, not viewing his eternal identity, not viewing his heavenly identity, which is everlasting. But when you, when you view Jesus' identity, look at him spiritually. Right? Or, so, take away, let's say, his, his, his reward, his eternal reward. Take away the everlasting nature. Then look inside his Christ of Jesus. You will now find out that that Jesus, that, that, that Jesus, he's not from all the tribes of Israel. You can tie him to one tribe. That if you bring him and put him among some of the other tribes, they will not look alike. When you bring him to, there's a tribe when you bring him to, they look alike. That they are kinsmen of that tribe. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Now, who are those those kinsmen? They are the the kinsmen. When you check them, they are those who in them you will find the same law. You will find the same upward law in them. It's not every Christian who looks like Christ. Yeah. When you, when you take a random Christian, you can take a random Christian. Now, then look at their Christianity, so-called Christianity. Examine what they are doing. Examine with them what they look like, what they what they mind, what they are, what are their practices, how do they live, what are their passions, what are their loves, what are their cares. Examine them, check them very well. You will find out that this person you don't look like Jesus, like Christ at all. So it's very clear that what determines tribes, a spiritual tribe, is talking about the what law they obey. How they obey? What law are they? What law are they? Are they what? Are they obeying? This is very. It's a very serious thing. It's a deep understanding. When you ha- when you have this understanding, you won't get too discouraged about certain things. You have a you have a bet- you have better establishment, and you understand why some things are the way they are. Does that make sense to you? So, so if I can make, put it more clearly, one of the demarcation of the tribe of Judah in, in the spiritual tribe are, are, are people who are living, who are living by the revelation that is tangenting them towards being at peace with God. Do you get that? Anybody who, can act, who breaks into that living, that kind of life, have broken into a tribe. You know you can switch tribe in the spirit. In the natural, you cannot switch tribe. <laughs> but in the spirit, you can switch tribe. 
when it comes to soul. One day you can see this old tribe is not working for me, man. I want to. There's another tribe. I like this other tribe. Because me, I, I switched tribe. Praise God. That was a tribe. <laughs> Some will say, hey, you're preaching division. This is not. Uh, Praise God. When Jesus said, he said, don't think I came to the earth to bring peace. He said, I came to bring division and his sword. That's a strong saying, right? And we know Jesus is the man of peace. When they were even prophesying about his birth, peace to men on earth. But Jesus was not telling them, look, don't think that. When, anytime you begin to talk about my essence, there's no way you will talk about my essence and division will not break out. Some, some guys will happen. You begin to, men begin to, you begin to sift men and to separate them. So everybody have, have friends before. But praise God. Friends before hanging like, wow, we love. Oh, my God, we're going to be forever together. Then somebody would say, say, say law. That's why sometimes the guys, people who carry this, who carry the savour, say savour. It's a savour. It's a smell. Christ is a savour. It can offend. By the time the smell is coming, people begin to just people begin to se- separate. The same smell that's causing gladness, rejoicing. Oh my God, I've been waiting for this all my life. That same smell can cause hatred, disdain. What is this? You can't bring Christ without causing division. You cannot. You can if you try it. If you, if you don't agree, that's one thing that your heart has to agree with. If you're going to be, if you're going to carry Christ, you have to agree. If not, you will, you will suffer every day. You will just be suffering. Why? Why is your suffering? Oh, but I know I didn't do anything. I love them. I my, heart, oh, my heart is just pure. I didn't do anything wrong. I them. <laughs> you don't know that. It's not you. It's not about you. <laughs> Praise God. One of the tribes, they say, this one is John to his idol. Leave him alone. No, stop disturbing him. He has married his idol. <laughs> because not everybody is interested in going upward, right? It's not, not everybody. Not everybody. At least not everybody at initially. Not initially. Because some, some people, the, the enemy, the, the common enemy, has, is, he has sunk his fangs too deep into them. Too deep into them. That, that enemy has to be dealt with for them to come back to their senses and then recover strength. To receive another law. Praise the Lord. 
Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So this, so this tribe, there's a tribe. You see, there's a tribe in the spirit. But you see, this, this other tribe has a king. And we're talking about this king. That this king, when you see him, you see his dominion, that his dominion has an impact. He has an effect right down from the depth, beneath the earth. Right up to the where? Up to the throne. That, I'm talking about Jesus. Jesus. His dominion. Everywhere. You see, when, anywhere you see him, they know him. They know his name. They know who he is. They know, they know the standard of his word, of his dominion, because he has been established. There's no realm that you will get to, they will say he hasn't passed here. Or they will say, hey, we've not heard that name. Who is he? <laughs> Any evil spirit that says, Jesus? Jesus? Uh, he's what? He's a liar. He's a liar. He knows him. Yeah. Having spoiled principalities and powers. Say triumphing over them in it. There is no one, no one of them, no one. There's no single principality, no single principality that Jesus did not damage. When, when you, and every single one of them, you will still see the impact. Impact of, that they are, not, they are not all the same anymore. You know, the way principalities were before in their stratas, in, in all their arrangement, their boats and everything. The way they were before, in times of darkness. When you go and check them today, they are not like that. Something has happened to them. <laughs> they, are all, they are injured, right? They are injured. They are spoiled. Jesus spoiled them. All their things don't work anymore. Things don't work like it, it does anymore. Praise God. They can't just go to a place and say, from now we are taking over this place, everything we are doing, darkness. They can't do that anymore because... Why right, they declare darkness? What happened? They realized one guy there who likes reading his Bible every time. <laughs> I like I like praying in Jesus' name. As long as somebody is praying in Jesus' name, they can never have rest. Because they can never have before, before, before a principality can just lock a whole region down. Can just a principality can lock a whole country, a whole country, a whole nation. They had the whole earth now. They were just there, no, nothing. When Lord Moses came, what is this one? Love. Okay, let's see now. What are you guys going to do with it? They even took the Lord Moses. They say, okay, how can we use this one now? They they took the Lord Moses. They used it to write their own manual for living <laughs> and published it to me. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Very comfortable. Very comfortable. All the evil, all the wicked spirits, all the devil, down to demons. Comfortable. Unto Jesus. Praise God. Thank God for Jesus. Praise the Lord. So this, now this being, they're not talking of here. The lion of the tribe of Judah, this lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David. So we are saying that this one now is not talking about that his present eternal dominion, which he has obtained from God. 
on the throne. They're actually just talking about, see, there's actually an aspect of him. It's not even that one. It's just an aspect of him. The, the aspect of his own dominion that, that, is, that manifests in the earth. Are you getting what I'm saying? The aspect of his own dominion, that what? That manifests in the earth. By the time, when you see a soul that has been under dominions of the earth for a long time, and who is a Christian, but under dominions, earthly dominions, and then you begin to open up the upward law to them, right? Which is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. You begin to relate that law. As, as you are relating that law to them, you are bringing to them the revelation of a king. Uh, are you getting what I'm saying? You are, you, are, you, are, you are bringing to them the revelation of what? Of a, it's the revelation of another dominion. That's what you see, this thing called the preaching of Christ. The preaching. What, what me I have seen. What me I have seen. First with my own life. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? And the lives of many. Even many of you are testimonies. Already. And your testimony is increasing. So you see that that law of the spirit of life is actually the... you the, You are bringing the law of a dominion. Another dominion. Because what cultural life, earthly life, like I said before, they are what? Kings. They are dominions. Thrones. The power behind lusts. The power behind pride of life are thrones. Whose thrones? The thrones of the present kings of the earth. Praise God. Now, Israel, this Israel we are speaking of, Israel was, when Israel was, when Israel was born, right? Israel was born under the, Israel, okay, let me put it this way, Israel was born inside the house of a king. Right? Israel was born inside where? Israel was not in limbo. The, the womb where Israel was born in, it wasn't one vacuum space that we put a, we put a womb somewhere and then the God brought forth the Israel of God. You know, there's a way they could have done that in the Old Testament. Out of all the nations, there's an island called something. Praise God. 
in that island, God led Jacob. And then, as he got to the end, there was no man in the island. It was an empty island, so that God can produce a pure people. And then Israel went with all his sons, and there they <laughs> multiplied and became a nation. <laughs> free of any ex- external influence, free of any, anything external, so that God shall be their God, and only him shall they know. If God had done it that way, praise God, if God had done it that way, and then they put that story inside scripture, it will not, it will not be working. You get what I mean? Right? That you get in other words, that's, if that was the scripture, the scripture will not be telling the story of your soul. So there is no Christian who was born in a serene island where there are no dominions, far and wide, just sea and all of that. Just, and then an island, there was no king, no king exerting influence, nothing. They are, they, they don't, they are not subservient to anybody. Only God is their God. You know, some Christians like to behave as if that their own born again experience was like that. Liar, lying Christians, right? <laughs> You know, so born again people are interesting. So you can see someone can get born again too. He just got born again. <laughs> Praise God. He just got born again. But by the time you see him next week, he just became holier than the pastor. The person who preached to himself say, you, know, you guys are wasting time, you're doing all, all these things. Yeah. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> He's not the, yeah, it's a lie, right? So if you if you lie and say there are no, there are no dominions, there are nothing. Only Jesus is my God. The dominions are there. It's just a matter of time. You will just suffer after a while. After you've caused problems everywhere for everybody, and you will now sit down. Maybe like ten years later, say, okay, how can we how can we deal with this? <laughs> Like someone who just got born again and just started preaching revelation. <laughs> At a high level. You know that can happen? Do you know that can happen? Yeah. With a mixed sense, intelligence, everything together. And when they start preaching, you yourself, you will feel like you are, you are a sinner, man. What kind of thing <laughs> Now, now, I'm saying that if you are born again, you can't preach. No, that's not what I'm saying. All I'm, all I'm just saying is that, you see, this thing, this thing you call dominion, powers, that has constructed natures on the inside. You, you said that that person, that born again guy who, who preached, who just got born again, but now is a mighty revelator. When you now check his, his conversation, you now see that this guy is actually his father. This is the way his father behaves. <laughs> 
exactly the way his dad used to behave. Ah. You know, it's that he's not really Christ, though. Uh, the Christ is just the revelation. But when you check the man, oh, he said, ah, this is the way they are village people. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and when I say this is where the village people are, or this is where his father, it's not that the, it's not a, a sin, you know. It's just that you know we don't cheat. We are very very straightforward. We don't lie. All, all the while you thought it was Christ's nature. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. When the person says, no, we have to win the whole country for Jesus. We must not look. Have you read the constitution of this country? God will have dominion from sea to sea. It's time to go and get it done. Praise God. Then you, you, know, they, you, you all become, then you now realize later, ah, but you know, cool. this guy's dad has actually conquered, uh, wow. has actually conquered from sea to sea yeah. in the textile industry. <laughs> like, it's the same, the same gene <laughs> that his grandfather or his father or something or his village he used to conquer in what? In textile industry. <laughs> that is, is that same gene that he's talking about conquering from sea to sea. <laughs> He's not Christ. <laughs> Praise God. So there's, so there's no magic. You're not talking about that. You say, okay, you are not a spiritual giant. We ask you, okay, when were you discipled? Who discipled you? So, <laughs> praise the Lord. Are you getting what I'm saying? What season were you, did you come under authority that can be accessed? To another throne, to face the thrones in your nature, to break them. You say, No, I was just following the Lord, you know, just through the Lord just spoke to me, let this go, let this go, I just let things go. Liar, it's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. When I got born again, the person who God just, in fact, the guy, he just had interest in me. Praise God. Him, and, and when I ever see the guy, praise God, when you ever see him, the way, he, the way he's, his nature, amen, he has a spiritual military nature, you know what I mean? So if he says something, he's not a, number one, he's not asking you a question. He's not asking you whether you, are you getting what I'm saying? It's not trying to see whether you agree with this pattern of, you know, this part, my, you know, my pattern of mentorship. Do you like my style of my mentorship style? Or, or do you like, no, 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 no. Are you getting what I'm saying? <laughs> Praise God. And you know that, that kind, you know, his own, his own style is not... Um, you know, you know, there's mentorship that just leaves space for let the Holy Ghost uh, deal with that thing. 
in his own time. Like he would talk to you, but no, no, it's not that time. He, he, he can. <laughs> he can be the physical manifestation of the Holy Ghost <laughs> to you. Amen. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? It's not anyhow kind of thing. Praise God. You went, okay, school ended. You went to Calgary to go and work. You left in April. In May, okay, how much have you saved? It's not uh, how much have you saved. And then, why, okay, if we didn't say, why didn't you save? Holy Ghost didn't tell you to save. I get what I'm talking about. Praise God. Just talking about just common conversation. You were talking and you said, Oh, why did you say that? Oh, did you why did you say that? Were you led to say that? (laughs) 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 Praise God. Praise God. Between last time we spoke and now, how many books have you read? Did you read that book? Did you finish that one? Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, are you telling me that that guy, if that guy was not there in my life, that somehow I would just, I would just, it just occurred to me one day, ah, just read those books, come on. <laughs> are, are you getting what I'm saying? Discipleship, discipleship, literally somebody, discipleship is just, it's very simple, it's just this, somebody who you fear, imposing on you to do what you would not naturally do, you need that, you need that, do you get what I'm trying to say? Praise God. Oh, what, how do you spend what, Friday night? I went for a movie. Uh, okay, now nah, that was the movie. Okay, who did you go with? Mm. Who and who went? <laughs> Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Sorry? Oh, really? You went with uh, you went with her and. Uh, <laughs> Praise God. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Saturday morning, this guy can come to my house Saturday morning. He won't call me that he's coming. You can just go and say, hey, what are you doing? Okay, you just take me with, I will be in his car. I can drive from morning to night. We're just there. Did I have, if I had plans, though, it doesn't matter. <laughs> You get what I'm saying? It's not like it's not like it's one special. Just to, why? Because you have to be to watch conversation, to learn. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? That's what that's what we are talking about, right? 
Amen. I'm sorry, I, I just, why did I even now come here and stay? Well, it's, well I believe it's, it's God. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Now, now, I'm not talking about word of righteousness because this was not on that word of righteousness. He was in the word of right. I'm just talking about milk of the word. You get what I mean? Just dealing with just normal things that I know that if you left me, these things will not be formed. I don't have what it takes by myself. If, if I want to develop myself, I will only develop myself in the area I like. In the aspect that occurs to me to develop in. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Amen. So I'm using new birth. That was just new birth season and all to give you an example of something, of something that I'm, I'm, I'm talking about. So what I'm saying is that my point is that that when you see a soul, just a soul, who is just getting born again, that there are things in them. Those things in them are their nature, formation of attitude, ways that have been constructed in them by thrones. Thrones that you don't beg to go. And you go say, okay, uh, I'm tired of you now. I want to be something else. No, you don't know. Are you know what I'm saying? Thrones that are what? They have everlasting what? Everlasting strength. Every Israel of God is born in such in the house of kings. In the house of a king. Anybody that acts like he wasn't is a liar. Is a liar. Is a liar. Is a liar. Praise God. So you saw the same thing with the Israel of God, right? If God had produced Israel outside of the hospices of, of, an, of a worldly king, then the story of Israel will not, will not apply to you. But it has to fit the pattern. So they have to lead them. Look at the method of how they even got to it. Very strange, weird kind of thing. The brother was there, first of all. <laughs> they sold him. <laughs> to Egyptian traders, he got there. The parents came to visit, they hid the cup inside the... I get what I'm saying? And Of course, it was very clear. You could see the providence of God. The providence of God. First of all, he put a, he first used a very, very alluring king. I said, ah, is this how Egyptian kings are? Very lovely being. Lovely man. Oh! I wish all the kings of the earth can be like the king of what? Of Egypt. Then they all settled. They were enjoying. Until one day the Bible said the king who what? Who knew not? The, the real, the, the, the mature manifestation of an Egyptian king. You know, the first one who debated was immature. His dominion was immature yet. It took generations for a real Egyptian. That one was a real king. He had, he had, he had, he had become, he was a king. He was a king. Praise God. So, so Egypt, let me tell you something. Egypt, you see, in the scripture, there are two main types for the world. Two main, type, main types for the world. There is Egypt and then Babylon. 
Egypt, and then what? Babylon. Talking about worldly dominion. There is Egypt, and then there's what? Babylon. But they are are, are two different kind of worldly dominions, right? They are two different worldly what? Dominion. One of them is referred to in the scripture as the house of bondage. The other one is called the land of captivity. Egypt is referred to as the house of bondage. The Babylon is referred to as the land of what? Captivity. House of bondage. Land of captivity. They are not the same. House is where you were, where you were born. Where, it, where birth happens. So they are telling you, in whose house was Israel born in? That was the, the Egypt was the house where what? Israel was what? Was born. Was born in. The house of bondage. Now, then the other one is land of what? So Babylon, Israel was not born there. They got there by cap. T. V. T. It's not the same thing. Praise the Lord. They are not the same thing, right? So, you see, Egypt and Babylon are kingdoms. They're actually kingdoms. They're talking about dominion, worldly dominion, which of di- with different strengths. Or when you think about worldly dominion, the world, looking at the world spiritually, what is that thing called the world? You can see that you can cite the world at different levels. Isn't the way I was talking about Christ, citing him at different levels, his dominion. We looked at his dominion as the line of the tribe of Judah. I said that that's not necessarily all his dominion, like he has eternally. But same thing with the world. You can cite the world at different stages of maturation. The world has maturation stages. So at this early maturation stage, you will see the Egyptian kind of, of throne. Egyptian kind of worldly nature. Atalamos, thank you, thank you, thank you. Open, Atiman, openness, a creoste, a feranota open, or a cabra open, a pleoste, prayer to Venice's call on Jetata, Iblacata, Iveda, and Jala, Sire, Samanotoske, Esematasios, Efficon, Tacrino, 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 Tacrino. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen. Okay, praise the Lord. 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 Amen. Thank you. I think I felt that was a confirmation of the direction. Something. <coughs> Thank you, Father. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So you see Egypt and then you see Babylon. So they are both worldly 
is, is all is the same world, the world, right? But one is at a, a, a lower phase of maturity. The other one is at a higher what, phase of maturity. Amen. Amen. Now, when you, when you think of king, let's say kings. So why are kings so... Why is it that you, why is it that you can't... Do, when it comes to not just earth, anything, you can't... You can't bring about change without a dominion. You can't bring about transformation or journeying or anything like that. Anything meaningful spiritually without it. In fact, the whole realm of the spirit is actually a realm of, of dominions. It's as actually every single space is actually being contended for by one throne or what or the other. Amen. And we're looking at that, you see, this, this kind, this Judah is, was raised on the earth, right? Judah, out of the people of God on the earth, that Judah was actually raised to give access to God's people to the influence of an another, what, throne. Right? And it's because of, prior to, the scepter emerging, right? Prior to his scepter emerging, and prior to the lawgiver emerging in Judah, prior to that season. Now, I want you to think about the dominion which the soul is under. And now, you know, we, are, we, are, we are not just talking about people in the world now. Now, I'm actually really zeroing in on, let's call all, all who are Christians. Right, so <clears throat> I'm not talking about how. Let's look at think of Egypt, for example. I'm not talking about Egypt's domination of all the Gentile nations. Think about that king of Egypt, his his operation against Israel, while Israel was in his house. Like many of us are born again, but we are in the house of what another dominion. We're in the house of who another. So, what is it? What is it about this dominion? What is it about about it? Well, one thing I found, I found, uh, um, praise God. The purpose of uh, the establishment of kings on the earth. Of course, who established kings on the earth? Satan, right? He's the one who established kings. The purpose of the establishment of kings on the earth. Is to, is to make the soul, is to, <clears throat> praise God, is to affect the operation of the weakening of the soul, right? By removing the, <clears throat> the agency. I listen to him. Sorry, I have to import some words. I don't use my normal English, but those are the words that are accurate to describe what I'm saying. So, for a king to have dominion, to exercise dominion over you, a king cannot—you cannot have full agency. What is agency? Ability to just act as you will as a free moral agent. 
A throne is against that. The, at the very core of a throne is against that kind of thing. Don't, be act, don't come around me and be acting like, no, 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 no. No, there's no free moral agent here. When a throne rises up, moral agency ceases. In terms of individual thing, are you getting what I'm saying? The individual side of things has to change. It is by that operation, that's how you, the throne actually, a throne, for a throne to give a dominion, it first has to tear down, tear down the individual structure that you have. Do you get what I'm saying? And then to, 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 to weaken, to you did weaken the nations. That, that cherub, right, the face of the covering cast, that wicked cherub, who's propagating what? Wickedness upon the earth, right, by his covering. How is he doing? He's doing it by what? By being a prince over powers. The prince of the power of the air, the same spirit that walketh in children of disobedience. That, that prince, amen, is his one who raised thrones, praise the Lord, to exert upon what? Upon men. And that's the kind of, that's the kind of thing. When you see kings, kings, say kings, kings on the what? On the earth, according to the pattern of Satan. What Satan has done, praise the Lord. There's things that now an insight into this thing is remember when, um, when in the time of Samuel, where Samuel was getting old and everything, his children were misbehaving and all that. Then Israel said, "Okay, they look at the Gentile nations. Say, okay, all these nations, they are governed by a king. Okay, why can't we have a king also?" Right? They say, why can't we have a king? These guys have a king. And then, then, because Samuel was a priest and a prophet. He had sight. He could see what the, the guys were not seeing. He could, you know, these guys, what is enticing them about having a king? There's an excitement about having a king, the way the gender, but there are things they don't know about earthly kingship and earthly dominion. So actually, Samuel's heart actually got broken and he went back to God. He was like, God, why? Why are these guys asking for a king? Because they don't worry, it's not you. You're not the one they are rejecting. I'm the one. Praise God. But, but the, the, to me, the, the insight in that, in that dialogue was when God now began to tell him, okay, go and tell the people, you want a king. When a king comes, these are the things that a king is programmed to do. And this is what he is going to do to you. Have you remember? Praise God. Which chapter is that? Let's read. First Samuel, right? That that place actually gives us gives us an insight into the operation of. Worldly, earthly, worldly dominion. Shaka hiela masute proven of 
Thank you, Father. First Samuel, yeah, chapter 8, verse, verse 6, it said that, but the, the, the theme displeased Samuel when they said, give us a king to judge us, right? And Samuel prayed unto the Lord, and the Lord said unto Samuel, hearken unto the voice of the people in all that they say unto thee, for they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me that I should not reign over them. So according to all the works which they have done since the day that I brought them up out of Egypt, even unto this day, wherewith they have forsaken me and served other gods, so do they also unto thee. Now therefore, hearken unto their voice, howbeit yet protest solemnly unto them, and showed them the manner of the king that shall reign over them. And Samuel told all the words of the, of the Lord unto the people that asked him, asked of him a king. And he said, this will be the manner of the king that shall reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them for himself, for his chariots, and to be his horsemen. And some shall run before his chariots. And he will appoint him captains over thousands and captains of our fifties, and will set them to ear his ground, and to reap his harvest, and to make his instruments of war, and instruments of his chariots. And he will take your daughters to be confectionaries, and to be cooks, and to be bakers. And he will take your fields, and your vineyards, and your olive yards, even the best of them, and give them to his servants. And he will take the tenth of your seed and of your vineyards and give to his officers and to his servants. And he will take your men servants and your maid servants and your goodliest young men and your asses and put them to his work. And then he will take a tenth of your sheep and ye shall be what? His servant. And you shall cry out in that day because of your king, which he shall have chosen you. And the Lord will not hear you in that day. Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. And they said, nay, but we will have a king over us. That we may also be like the nations. And that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. And Samuel heard all the words of the people, and he rehearsed them in the ears of the Lord. And the Lord said unto Samuel, hearken to their voice, and make them a king. And Samuel said unto the men of Israel, go ye every man unto his city. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Now, so, Samuel was, when they asked for the king, Samuel was now trying to, God told Samuel, and explain to them that kings, see these kings that Gentiles have, these are the kind of things that kings will do for you. Now, on the surface of it, you can just look at this and just see, um, I mean, it's, it's actually bad, even physically, right? <laughs> I mean, you will take your sons, you will take your daughters, 
<laughs> but God said something. He said, so when he says sons and daughters, those are children, right? He said children are inherited from the Lord. Right? Children are and what? An heritage. In other words, for a man to have his children operating with him under his household, that thing is actually, God actually ordained that thing for the purpose of heritage. For the purpose of what? For the, but not just an anyhow heritage, it's an heritage of the Lord. Right? Children are an heritage of who? Of the Lord. He said, Blessed is the man who has his quiver full of them. They will speak with the enemy at the gates. Right? So that word quiver is where you put the, your arrows. Right? So the the so you've seen, but this, this, when this natural king comes, the king will, will take them. When he takes them, praise God. Children are an heritage of the Lord. Heritage of the Lord. They're an heritage of the Lord. Heritage. Praise God. But this king, when he comes, he will take the sons, take the daughters, the songs, he will begin to use them as fighters, as warriors, as servants. The daughters, they will, he will bring them into his own house. Then, now he didn't say he will take some of your sons and some of your daughters. Sometimes read it again, but go home and read it yourself. You won't take some of your. The only part you will take some is your money, your grain, your corn, and your harvest. He will just take it, his own tent from it. So what is the what is the what is the sense? The wisdom here. Take the all the heritage of God. Take your children, but and then and then leave. What will he leave with you? Leave food for you. Leave grain for you. So you can be there eating. Give me your children. You know what? You know the, you know the purpose of, of that when it says an heritage of the Lord. The purpose of fatherhood is to download, train up a child in the way he should go. That's the purpose of fatherhood. Is to download inheritance, yes, if I can use that word, yes, from, from God. So, this is to, so, so the purpose of a king is to break the process of, of what? Of receiving, of break down the mechanism and the institution that God has created for perpetuating his, in, his own influence, wow. his own direct influence. 
Do you get, are you get what I'm saying? And then what, instead of, what, what will you do? You just take, just, I won't take all your money or your food or your good. No, just give me a 10, just a little. Just take a little for me. And then go and enjoy the rest. And Israel look at it. Ah, you see, we will have grain. They didn't care about other things. So. We will have seed. We will take a tenth of your seed of your vineyard, give to his officer. Okay, only a tenth, no problem. We we'll take a tenth of your sheep. and Oh, no, no problem. You can take a tenth of that. We will have the rest. Are you, are you seeing what I'm saying now? This thing is describing earthly, the nature of earthly dominion. The nature of earthly dominion to you. So, the promise of earthly dominion is, is that it will give you a promise, a hope of a, of, a hope of of a life without lack, right? Without what? Lack. You don't have to worry about lack. Praise the Lord. But what it will steal from you, it will steal from you the individual incumbency. That feeling that makes it incumbent upon you to, for, to be a custodian of God's heritage. That is the reason why Satan set thrones on the earth. The reason for the kings of the earth. And then you say, oh, but your your children, I know part of them, they are supposed to be in, in a heritage. Also, somehow, they are supposed to be some sort of a defense to you as well. But... We don't, the king will say, don't worry. Say, why, why are you even thinking about defense? I'm going to have an army. In fact, the reason why I'm even taking your children is so that. Yes. <laughs> I used to, because he said it here that they will all be your soldiers. They will, they will guard it. It's chariots. Some will be walking behind. Some will be in front. Some will carry it, everything. So, so, so a king will also, one of the things that for, for thrones too, is to what? It's the offer of security. Security. Also, but not security that is from God. Right? Not security from what? From who? From God. But rather, the one that you, you outsource. Outsource it to me. Bring your, your children. I will form an army. I will be the one. And then I will be going out to battle for you. That's what Israel said. You yeah. will be going out to battle. Yeah. <laughs> are, are you getting the sense of this now? Picture what everything that this thing is saying here. And then you realize that this was the situation that they, were in, they had in Egypt. Exact same situation. So it's very clear that they, even though they left Egypt, the thing they hadn't been healed from. 
the same situation that they, they, they were in in Egypt. In fact, in fact, the, the way the king was dealing with them is that every time he watches them, they are multiplying. He increases the job. Yeah. <laughs> he manufactures things to occupy the nation of Israel. You see? He increased their servitude. That's, that's what a king does. You can't, a king can't watch you. You're just doing your own thing. You have enough time. You come back. Your kid, kids are around your table. I say, oh, my son, what did you learn today? What do you, want, what do, you do today? Uh, okay, okay, I want to teach you something now. There's something that my grandfather taught me. and He doesn't like that. Israel should not be doing that. They should work from morning to night. The only extra time should just sleep. By the time you sleep, what happened? Just to gain energy to wake up the next morning and go out again. There shouldn't be time. There shouldn't be time for heritage. There shouldn't be time for what? For heritage. Are you seeing that, that, that nature? That's the nature of an earthly dominion. That's how you, when you smell an earthly dominion around, that's how you, how you know an earthly dominion is, is that it's demanding servitude from your soul. Demanding servitude from your soul. Demanding. And then, how we demand servitude is that he promises something. You'll be okay. You'll be fine. You'll be secure. You'll be secure. Just don't just serve. Give yourself. Give yourself well to this thing. Just, just sow yourself well. So if you sow yourself well into this thing, forget it. Your, your future, your tomorrow, you will be secure. You'll be okay. That's a dominion. That's a throne. As if thrown talking. Praise God. We're out of time. God will deliver us. God will deliver us from thrones. One of the things that the sign that you be, you're beginning to get spiritual is that you can hear when the throne is speaking. Yes. Normally you won't hear, you will never. No, there's no normal Christian who just got born again and doesn't know anything, hasn't come into any light. I say, yeah, that's a throne, that's a throne. The throne just, spoke, just spoke to me right now. It's a dominion, another dominion. He wants to take me away from God's throne. doesn't know. <laughs> In fact, he's even using his, his newfound powers of prayer and getting answer to prayer. To do what? To serve the dominion. And that's what the devil wants. Okay, let them gain ability to pray and to fast. That's more, more tools for service. So you see, you can have Christians who are using, speaking in tongues, asking and receiving, anointing, and all of those things to do what? To serve thrones, other kings. In fact, by virtue of being a Christian and having a Holy Ghost, they become better servants of that dominion. Aha! Uh-huh. Dominion say, yeah, now you are doing it. Before you were foolish, now you have wisdom. The Holy Ghost have decked you with wisdom. Wow, what a, what a servant. In fact, you have a future. Are you getting what I'm saying? Well, but one of the reasons for, say, Lord giver. He begins to, he will begin to expose. He want to expose what, 
what do, secret dominions are doing. The abuse of souls. Souls are being abused. Souls of God's children being abused. Giving visions, giving purposes, giving all kinds of pursuits and all kinds of things. Why? But just all they are doing is what? Serving. Serving dominion. So that why they will never look, look upward. So they can never, they will never have time to focus on the on the heritage of the Lord and to and to on what God really wants to to give and what God wants to, to use the soul for. Let's just pray for a little bit, just pray for like 30 seconds and Shari Kamos Kali Presota. Cantali Ermos, Ecre Aravosta Porcia, Fatarama Arnos Seta Panta Patacuria Caivernos, Shanduli Cahili Masu Suturi Cabahoria La Masuya, Candre Elfra Durihel, Osihel, Arahel, Aprihol, Shambrehel, Santamion, Daigalon, Shegleon, Agielo, Sakihelo. Angry Elsa, so many kind of offer Oscar. Thank you. Press the Parabasusu to Christians. Oh, Mikaha enjoy him. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Our Father, we thank you. Thank you. This is deliverance. We are not just knowing about this. It's not just an information, Lord. But virtue of this light. This is light, Lord, from your throne. By virtue of this light, deliverance is, we believe has taken place. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. I ask, Lord Holy Spirit, that you will use this word, use this truth, make it established in our depths. Lay it down, lay it down. Let it find its own mate within our heart. Thank you, Father. There will be an establishment, Lord, in these things. We will have testimonies. We will have victories. Thank you, our God. We give you all the praise. Thank you for the utterance. Thank you for leading. Thank you for everything. And we trust that you will continue even to speak to us. Lord Jesus, help us. Give us grace, the heart to respond to you, Lord, in light of this truth. Each one of us grant us, Lord, the individual wisdom that's required. What to do, what to do, what to do. The wisdom, the skill with grace, to deny thrones and dominions on the earth and to avail our heart to you. Lord, we bless your name. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise God. God bless you. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth.